go. We're going. Yeah. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, it's Memorial Day, everyone. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Thank a dead person. Thank a dead veteran. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, don't you become a veteran, like, once you're done? With- you become a vet once you're done, but that's what Veterans Day is for, and Memorial Day is for dead vets. So, Veterans Day is for alive vets, although you can also celebrate dead vets, but Memorial Day specifically is to celebrate the, um, the veterans who have died both in battle and, and then from, later on from, you know, like disease and just being neglected by the government and yeah, such like all that. that. Suicide, all that shit. All the good stuff. You know? Or you could just have a normal life afterward because you didn't do much and like That's you know yeah. that's the best life, honestly, is to like just you know, be a, be like an army hero and then just have zero trauma. You don't have to even be a hero. You could have just served and people are gonna treat you nice. Like my dad is a vet and he yeah. just gets the whole he doesn't really care about like being a veteran insofar as like he felt like he served or whatever, or any sort of emotional attachment he has to patriotism. He mostly just likes getting, like, 10% discounts at restaurants. I, I know, but what I'm saying is if you just, like, saw combat and you saw some really fucked up, gruesome shit, and you mm-hmm. came back, totally normal. Just went on. Yeah, that's not really, like, the experience of most people, though. Like, most people, when they... That's why, like, I don't know, but I know that's not the most... A lot of that's just do computer shit. That's true. Yeah, that's just a lot of that's just do computer shit, and then they get out of it. My friend does logistics. Like, you don't see combat. You have to get trained for it, but you don't see combat ever. Mm-hmm. Then you leave, and then people are like, thank you for your service. It's like, I helped move crates in right. Afghanistan. And that was your service. And like, good on you. You got some benefits out of it. Remember. But yeah, it's a day to celebrate better uh, the dead uh, who are no longer with us. The Grateful Dead. Yeah, my grandfather, being one of those, uh, thanks, Grampy, for... Your cool shit that you did during the war. So my grandfather uh, did, um, when he was a war veteran, or when he was in the military, he wasn't a combat guy during World War II. He was a, uh, he was like a, like uh, an entertainer of sorts. So like, what his job was to do was, he was in charge of troop morale. So he would like, book entertainers to come overseas to like, uh, military bases in Europe. And entertain the troops, like do burlesque shows or whatever. And that was his whole job. That's what he did. That was his job in the military. He was just, uh, you know, he uses his experience as a jazz club owner uh, to, um, I don't know, like entertain the troops. And now he's celebrated every Memorial Day, just as much as someone who just got their head blown off gunning out to the beaches of Normandy. I think that's really cool. You just be in the same group now. I mean, I grew up my whole life thinking that my grandpa was in, like, the Canadian Navy or something, because he had Navy tattoos. Yeah. And then after he died, my mom was like, no, he, was, he wasn't in any, he was never in the military in any capacity, so he just stole a Valor, which is fucking awesome. I feel it, no, I don't know if he stole Valor, I think you just believe the family lies a lot more than most people do. Well, I don't think, he, ne- I don't, he never even, like, told me he was in the military, I just thought he was. Yeah, so you just presumed. Yeah. You just assumed it, and then you believed it with no evidence. But now I think he's even cooler. Mm. He didn't steal Valor, though. Literally, you just thought something wrong and believed it. I I don't know. It's, it's all that happened. Yeah, but if you have, like, you know, biker gang tattoos and you're not in a gang, you're kind of a bitch. But it wasn't necessarily a military tattoo. You just didn't know what the tattoos were. Well, it's like anchors and shit and the silhouette of, like, the naked chicks and, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. That's Navy stuff. In your mind, it may not necessarily be Navy. And pop culture will vindicate me in this one. Alright, whatever, man. I don't I don't buy it, Mac. I don't know, Memorial Day sucks. I don't think I love Memorial Day. I know you do. But... Yeah, because like it's the first holiday that most people who actually get holidays with their jobs, it's the first one that you get after five months. So like unless you have like a cool company that celebrates like MLK Day or like gives you time off for MLK Day, or maybe even Easter or some shit like that. You know, from January first until today, you don't have any holidays. Uh, which is the deal at my company. So I haven't had a holiday. I, I, I took a three-day weekend right before the pandemic happened and all the shutdowns happened, which was very good. And if you have PTO, use your PTO. It's, it's necessary to take a three-day weekend every once in a while. But otherwise, I wouldn't have had a three-day weekend for like since January 1st, or actually since before that, since January 1st was in the middle of the month. In the middle of the month. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, all I'm saying is like I love it. You get to have some barbecue shit, and it's usually bad, and you have some coleslaw and some potato salad that's bad. And what's, you just get to grill. What's the best holiday? 
Of all of them? Of all of them. Rank the holidays. Let's do that. Uh, are we gonna take, are we gonna just talk federal holidays, or are we talking, like, informal holidays? Whatever you want. Just give me the top five rundown. Give me your top five holidays. Um. Don't have to be federal. You can just, you can, they can be made up if you want, as long as you celebrate them. Thanksgiving? I like Thanksgiving. Christmas. Uh, Christmas Eve. Um. Fourth of July. An interesting. Um. Which is basically just Memorial Day, but not a bummer. Or, you know, yeah, kind of, kind of, maybe that, maybe, I don't know. Okay, so maybe this is just very adult way of thinking of shit, but, um, okay, I have to give it to Christmas, uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, because you get extra time off usually then, and you get, and, like, it's expected that you don't have to work. Um, and then you, and then I'd say Memorial Day and Labor Day, because you get a three-day weekend. And then Fourth of July, it just falls at whatever time of the weekend it falls on, and then it just sets. That's pretty much it. Like, I don't really, like, uh, the other holidays that really matter, like... It doesn't, I don't know, I feel like you're missing my point. No, you're missing my point. I think I get your point. Yeah, but, like, that's the, that's the valid point. It's, in, it's a practical thing. Well, holidays, I'm thinking of the content of the holiday itself. I don't really give a shit about the content, per se. Like, if the content, like, Christmas is, like, Christmas is a lot of time off, but, like, it's a little bit stressful because you got to buy people presents. Yeah. Uh, Thanksgiving... It depends on who you are if it's stressful or not. You either love... If you don't have to cook, you love it. If you have to cook, it fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, unless you really enjoy cooking, it is really stressful. But I, I like Thanksgiving because I both help cook and then I enjoy the food. Yes, Thanksgiving um, is good. Yeah. That's probably the best overall holiday. Uh, I don't like Halloween. I'll, I don't, yeah. I don't I, like candy, so I, it doesn't matter. I like the dressing up aspect of Halloween, but, like, I'm an adult. I oh, I don't like that. Either. I can't really do that anymore. Unless well, I unless I just like have a party. Yeah, if you go if you go to a Halloween party, you can dress up. But yeah. even then, my Halloween party outfits would just be like, oh, I'm uh, I'm wearing my regular clothes, but like I voted for Donald Trump. It's a joke. Ha ha. So like, that's it. Yeah. So the worst person at the Halloween party. Yeah, the one who just wears regular clothes and just comes with a concept for why they didn't dress up or feel like spending money on something that. They're God, those those kids would piss me off. I would go trick or treating just like mm-hmm. in a white shirt. And then have to be like, I'm I'm James, but my yeah. name's actually Mike. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Oh, that's clever. It's not clever. It's clever. No, it's an insult to fun. It's that's their version of fun. So, so, they so enjoy. they're so they're boring. You could you can have a value judgment. I'm not here to debate. This isn't the debate show. I know. Maybe it is. Um Easter's probably my least favorite of all the holidays. I don't really celebrate it or know what to do. Even even like the fun aspects of Easter when you're a kid, everything's just like pastel colored and it, it always sort of made me uneasy. Yeah. And it's also on a Sunday, which is inherently the worst day. You think Sunday's the worst day of the week? I think Sunday is 100% of the time the shittiest day of the week. Because ah! we as a culture have based everything around, you know, Sunday is either the first or the last day of the week, mm-hmm. but it's always the day that the next day, you got to do some shit. Some Usually, shit. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also trash day for most places I've ever lived. Yeah, it is trash day for us. Yeah, there's just a certain like uh, elegiac air to Sunday. It feels like things are ending. It depends on your job mostly. Like my job, Mondays aren't really that like because I work later in the day. Like Sundays aren't really as much of a bummer as if I were to work a regular nine to five shift. Then Sundays would be a bummer. Uh, but I lose my Friday. So I don't have Friday nights for fun anymore, so my week, both my days my weekend are pretty available, but that's pretty much it. You know, I don't have to work early, yeah. uh, at least for now. Hopefully that changes in two years or something like that. Two good-ass years. So, um, I think we could, I think we should talk a little bit about, um, your, I want to talk about Karen's. Okay, this, yeah. I'll let you take the reins on this one. Yeah, I just want to talk about Karen culture. You know, it's a new type. Of, it's a new type of culture. Um, you know, I think you guys know what Karen is, but it's a white woman who screams in public or calls a cop on an African. Just man. complete dumb, dumb bitches. Yeah, just in like, urban just, areas. Yeah, like third. Well, they can be. In they can be in. This, they can be anywhere. Really. Yeah, anywhere there's chain just, restaurants. Yeah, just like white women who complain in public and yeah. shout and get in the screaming matches. They they're always white. Karens are never any other race than white, and. uh... I don't know, it's like the new thing is to, like, hate on white women, because I, I think there's been a cultural shift in the past few years, and maybe this is a consequence of the Me Too movement, 
But uh, white men have been taken off the hook as, like, the worst people in our society and have been replaced by white women. Yes, which I actually think is excellent because it means people will realize that not only are trans women women, they're also better. <laughs> I think that... So it, it's strange to me because I think, like, I think, like, there's an understanding that, like, white men, like, aren't allowed to have feelings because that's gay, and people are like, wait, no, you can have feelings, it's all right. And, like, for the most part, they're not doing, like, eh, I don't want to get into, like, what they're what they're stopping now versus what they were doing before, but, like, you know, they're not as much under the microscope as, like, white women are. Because right now, now they're too busy gaming. They're too busy gaming, and I think just there's, like, a backlash against white femininity that is really prevalent in the culture right now. Um, and I don't, I can't say if it's a good thing or a bad thing. I have too much empathy for people to, like, say, oh, that sucks, but, like... I mean, it'll, you know, it'll blow over, and then we'll get mad at somebody else, but for, yeah, na- but like, for white, now, it's Yeah, fun. white women are the... Because I think what's going on is, like, they're, like, people have reached a level of emotional maturity, especially millennials are getting close to 40 have reached their 30s, and there's a backlash against white women, I think that's multidimensional. And I want to get into, like, a few points. Uh, I'll try to think of them or write them down, but let's get to the first point here. I think there's a backlash against women in general who hate on video games. Okay, I mean, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, because I think what people have known, like, I I think video games have existed for nearly 50 years now, and they're kind of a permanent part of, like, personal entertainment. And it's interactive entertainment. And it is its own billion-dollar industry. And I think the idea, like, that you would hate on video games in 2020 is laughable. Or to, like, say that it's a bad thing to, like, play video games. Or you don't like when men play video games. Because it's like, well, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like, tell me what else are you actually doing for a hobby. Like, if you're getting mad at your boyfriend for playing video games, what are, what... What are you doing? Like, oh, he's not paying attention to you? Like, go do something else. Have your own hobby. Like, you're just mad at someone for having a hobby instead of, like, wanting to, like, watch, I don't know, like a serial killer TV show with you or some shit. Or just, like, read books written by other women about, like, gardening and how their husbands suck. Yeah, or, like, build something. Or, like, it's fun. Like... So, like, you could say that video games are an unproductive hobby, but, like, we don't have to always be productive with how we spend our relaxation time, so who gives a shit? Exactly. Who gives a shit, darling? Just go fucking do your own thing. You don't have to spend every second around your boyfriend. You, you really don't. And it's it's so much, it's so fucking contemptual. I mean, I kind of do at the moment. But you do what? I have to spend every waking moment around you. Yeah, but, like, that's because we're in a pandemic and there's nowhere else to really go. There's no other public spaces other than being outside that are, like, acceptable to go in. That you'd have to wear a face mask in. Um, eh. I don't know. Just start grabbing people on the street by the collar, like, will you be my friend? <laughs> so, oh, shit, what was that? Yeah. What was I saying? I don't know. Yeah, so, like, yeah. Like, there's a backlash against, like, women who hate video games, and that's kind of deserved. Like, it's a, it's it's here to stay. This is, like, yelling about newspapers coming out and people aren't talking. There's there's always this consistent thing when new technology or, like, new mediums are created um, where people have a backlash against the medium uh, because they feel like it's ruining personal interactivity. But it, those people are just uh, people that other people don't want to talk to. Yeah, and they don't get, they don't get that. Like, why don't people talk on trains anymore? It's like you're the one who wants to talk on trains. If it's 1920, no one else wants to fucking talk on a train. They want to like read their newspapers. So look right. wistfully at the window and imagine their son off in the war. They're 1920 in a diff a, a foreign war. 19 we weren't in a war. Now. I'm not. Uh, we I know. I, I shut up. Okay. You're ruining my lovely image. Okay. Yes. God damn it. <laughs> Uh, I think the other, I, I think the other backlash, so point two, I think that there is a backlash against white women for their racism. Yeah. Which is valid. I think it's probably the most valid thing. Like, we just watched a video of a woman who called the who called 911, uh, on a black guy who was filming her with her dog off the leash in a public park, which she was obviously breaking the rules there, possibly the law, I don't. 
but she got on she got scared and then called the police and specifically said an African American man was uh, threatening her or filming her. Yeah. And all while she's dragging her dog by the neck. That can't be on its fucking feet because she's like so scared that she's harming the very dog that she can't keep on the leash. It's classic kill a mockingbird situation. Yeah, it's just like I think we all recognize now that there's a history of like white women lying about the things black men do to get them in trouble. And it's tw- and in the year 2020, we've had like what five or six years of knowledge of, of like this hyper awareness of police violence against black men. And any call where you were specifically stating that the guy is black is to threaten the guy with death. You were trying to threaten him with extra jail time or with death. There's yeah, it's no like, other reason you would fucking mention like, his race. It's racism. like if the cops do come in, they're going to they're gonna see the guy either way. So why even bring it up? Well, you're bringing it up specifically because you think that the police are going to kill this guy for you. Like, it's your defense mechanism. It's your... And it's fucked up and it's bullshit. And it's like, if you're actually that bunch of a pussyfoot Fucking buy a gun. If you're really scared of men, if you're scared of black men, go buy a gun. See what happens. Just see what happens. You're not going to pull it out. You're not going to fucking do shit. Why would you call the cops? You're basically, you're so scared that you want to murder a guy, and you're too fucking pussyfoot or, like, too chicken shit to actually, like, do it yourself. Yeah, you're fucking you, pussy. Yeah, pussy, pussy. pussyfoot is not the proper word. What's the what's the word? You did you got it right with chicken shit, but uh, pussyfoot's a different thing. Well, you want to pussyfoot around the idea that you have to commit a, that you are going to have to self defend. Yeah, yeah. Like, be smarter about that. Also, don't have your dog off the leash. Also, don't call the police on African American people. There's no reason to do that unless they are like actively committing a real crime or your life is in danger. Where, like, someone is having a medical emergency, you don't have to call 911. Because someone is filming you being a shithead in public. It's your fucking fault. Put your dog on the leash. Like, stop being a cunt. Don't be a snitch. Don't be a fucking snitch. Don't be a cunt. stupid white cunt. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this, one, this one's gonna get us in trouble. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just like, it's Memorial Day, I'm upset. I mean, you wanted to talk about this. Yeah, no, I'm just... Like, I, I don't think we need to, like, necessarily dox the people who do this and, like, ruin their lives. No, we shouldn't do that with anybody. Yeah, I don't think we should dox them, but, like, there's got to be some form of, like, consequence that is real to the person who is threatening to call cops on black people. Physical violence. But just We can't like, say that. No, I, I just mean, like, a, like, a, like a smack. You a know? little smacky-poo? Yeah, a little smack. Uh, the old Sean Connery, you know? Yeah, I think that's like I think that's most of it. I think the I think the other the the back the other thing is like you can't like especially in the pandemic you can't treat customer support people or like uh you know service workers like shit because that's nasty and awful. And there's a lot of good fucking videos coming out of just like women screaming their ears off publicly at service workers and calling them racial slurs. And just, like, calling people satanic or whatever. It's insane. Just, like, they're losing their fucking minds. Like, yeah, we don't have any control over what's going on, but you gotta, like, do your best while this is happening. Right. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, I I don't know. It's just, like, I I feel like there's a... I feel like with a lot of these, like, women who are uh, presumably suburban, presumably upper middle class, there's a emotional immaturity to them that makes them unable to deal with any sort of uh, uh, conflict or with any sort of, um, you know, uh, adversity to their ability to do what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So they react the way that a child would, but with like pure anger instead of like pure tears because they're actually sad that they can't get their phone or whatever. They can't get their lobster, uh, or their, their red lobster or whatever. But like, I'm glad that there's a, I'm glad that there's like a backlash. I think that there needs, I, I think that like, this backlash against white women is proof that feminism failed and needs to be restructured. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, come on, like, it's 2020, feminism failed. Because, I mean, old ladies ain't doing this shit, old ladies are great. Yeah, I think, I think, like, the basic tenets of, like, second-wave feminism failed miserably, and that, uh, there was a backlash within female spaces to, like, oh, actually, I do want to be a mom, actually, I don't want to work, actually, work isn't liberatory, Actually, this fucking sucks. That's why. Sucks. That's why so many ladies online are becoming, as the kids say, trad. Are they? Oh yeah, no, you haven't noticed that. 
like women are because well actually I was talking to my friend Dan and one of my old friends from college uh, is she's not a trad calf now but she converted to Orthodox Judaism. That's fine. And it was the one girl I would not have expected to do that. Like this was a girl who was like relatively like open minded and like feminist in uh, it, you know in my conversations with her. Then she converts to Orthodox Judaism and lives her life being a housewife. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what she, like... I guess. I mean, sure. Yeah, like, that's what she wanted to do. I think she, like, looked at her options, saw how much, like, the labor market sucks, and saw how, like, you know, uh, empty the um, the secular world can feel, and decided, I'm going to become religious instead, and I'm going to believe in God, or whatever uh, Orthodox Jewish people Ortho- believe. Yeah, Orthodox God. Orthodox God, the Orthodox Orth- Yahweh, Ortho God. We can't. Uh, you're not supposed to say the name of God. But I was, we're not. We're not Jewish, so we can do it. Yeah, it's sort of like the opposite of Van Wyck. I guess. Yeah. Actually, would you be able to handle the Nintendo Switch? I think there's uh, something going on. Uh, okay, sure. You're you're gonna. Oh, Stargate. Oh, maybe no, no, You can no. do that all night. Yeah, yeah. I think I got it too. Uh, Liz asked me if uh, a star. Uh, shower. Because, like, if, if we start gaming speed. on episode 14 of the podcast, then there is no hope for the future. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure. I wasn't sure if she was, like, asking me to, like, sell turnips. Uh, uh, but I could just do this in my own game. Yeah. There we go. Alright. Cool. Liz is cool. I love Liz. After, after this whole anti-white women ran. Like, yeah, Liz is my yeah. favorite white woman. First of all, she survived COVID-19. Yeah. The only person we know who actually got it. Right, that's true. Yeah, I think, I mean, uh, I don't know if her antibody test came back or not, but I know that her swab test when she was sick came back negative, but the thought at the time was that the virus already, like, was gone out of her body by the time... They should give you a little sticker like they do with cancer. Yeah, but no, she made it through COVID, probably. more Like, she presume, she's a presumable case of COVID-19, and she made it. Yay. It also means that, presumably, my friend Dan, uh, who is her boyfriend slash fiancé, uh, also had it, but was asymptomatic. So good on him for his superior immune system. Uh, his superior Jewish immune system <laughs> to her to her Catholic yeah. uh, weakened immune system. Yeah, mine too. I mean, if we get it, we're going to be weakened. I don't care anymore. I mean, I kind of have it since the beginning, but I mean, I heard, I thought we were going to have it while you're still working, but uh, now now you're not. And now our chances are extremely low of catching it. Woo! Hell yeah! Yeah, it just we got to avoid crowds. Like if you avoid crowds, you're fine. Mm-hmm. Like I like I I like yeah. My friend made it. She's cool. We want to keep talking about. She's got bangs now, by the way. Okay, that's yeah, cool. that's cool. But yeah. Anyway, back on the on like the pandemic shit. Like yeah, just avoid crowds. Wash your no, hands. I, I don't want to talk much about COVID because we've done a shitload of that. I know. I just have noticed the scold. Did I talk about the scolding last week? Uh, I don't know. Probably COVID scolding. Probably. Yeah. Just still don't do that. Like yeah. don't don't like don't scold people for going out in public. Uh, maybe they're not wearing masks outside. Scold people for not doing it in fucking grocery stores. Though. That shit is an actual health hazard. But like, yeah, it's outdoors. You're not going to get it outside. You're probably not going to get it outside. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, stop scolding people for it. Enjoy the outside while you still have it. You know, still got it. Why not? Just live for live live for today, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't. Just try to not get sick. But like, yeah. Just like, um, what, what were we talking about? Uh, I think we kind of got all the meat off the bone for the Karen thing. Yeah, we did. What do you got? Um, I don't know. Old ladies are awesome. Word. They're the best ones. I there was anything I read that I want to talk about. I know what I want to talk about. You want to talk about that? The show I just discovered. The show. Oh, that's yeah, 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 yeah. Go on, go on. So I was, I was, you know, we have all these TV shows that we just kind of imagine in our heads. Mm-hmm. We think of who we want to cast, and I think if I made a show, I'd want to. I'd want to put Leslie Ann Warren in the show, mm-hmm. who you may remember as Miss Scarlet from Clue, among other things. Mm-hmm. And so I went to her Wikipedia page and found out that she was one of the co-stars of an IFC show that premiered in 2015 called Gigi Does It, created by David Krumholtz. And the premise of the show is that David Krumholtz is a Jewish old lady who learns she has inherited millions of dollars from her late husband. And it's just very clearly just Dave Carmalt in, like, old lady makeup and a wig. Mm-hmm. And I watched the trailer for the show, and it's... it's, it's I, I kind of just want to play the trailer, honestly. All right. Go on. Gigi does it. Because, like, I've never heard of this show. It's insane. It was canceled after one season for valid reasons. 
It's just, I literally found out about this show like four minutes before we started recording, and it is insane. So, here we go. Your late husband was a very frugal man. You're a multimillionaire, Mrs. Rockwell. Can I get you water every night? Call her a boss. I need to hire a personal assistant. Do you shave fats? Yeah, yeah, I can shave fats. Do you shave vaginas? Uh, oh, call yeah. her a woman. How do you feel right now? Exposed, free, uh, lengthy. I've only ever seen two penises in my whole life. Harold's and my gynecologist. Call her an author. The book is titled, Call Your Grandmother. Just make sure you call her. Call me back or I'm going to tell all your little friends about how you love to sway with me to Perry Como. Bitch. Gigi Rock Blue. I just called my grandson a bitch. He's the badass Boca. I'm going to enshrine my new body in a piece of art. Gigi does it. Not in some pornographic magazine that truck drivers masturbate to. Starts Thursday, October 1st at 10.30. I like the fact that David Crumholtz just let himself get really fat uh, so that he could change up his whole career. He used to be a skinny and shaped dude. Yeah, he, he was he was on numbers, right? Yeah, he was on numbers. He was yeah. the he was the math boy from numbers. And then he uh got fat and then just became the Jewish fat guy from other things. Yes. And and then he does this. The makeup's actually pretty good. It's not yeah. bad. You can still tell it's very much him. Yeah, but yeah, he got, the, he got the eyes and also the voice. The end of the trailer. Premiering October first. Cancelled. December twentieth or something. It lasted like zero time. That, like, it lasted two months? Basically. They didn't even finish the entire season? There's, like, eight episodes. Oh. But I love the fact that, in, like, even in this past decade, there's still, people still think they can just do, like, she's an old lady, but she says swears and pussy and things like that. Yeah, because our grandparents, most people's grandparents didn't curse around them, so we... I know, but that's such, that's such, like, that wasn't funny in like 2000 when they were doing that. That's never been funny. Yeah. I don't know. It, for some people it is. It's not It's not funny to me. No, me neither. I don't know. I'm not really like, I, I don't like judging comedy as much per se. I, it's, it's really baffling because my other example of that is the show, I, I think it's British. It's called uh, Mrs. Brown's Boys. And it's basically the same thing. It's just like a, a British male comedian dressing up as this old lady and being vulgar and having antics. And last time I was in Canada, there was a marathon of it on TV, and I watched like five episodes, thinking that, oh, this is from the 70s. It's wacky, and it has a laugh track, and it looks like shit, and it's not very good. And then I looked it up. This is this show has been on for like 11 years in England. Mm. It came out like 10 years ago, and it's like the most popular show. It's fucking insane to me. I just, I don't understand entertainment anymore. It's, you just have niche taste. That's it. I have niche taste. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I think I do. you do. Maybe yeah. I do. If you don't understand why things are mainstream, or like you don't see the appeal of mainstream shit, then your taste is niche. I get the I get the Simpsons. Fine. I get why that's big. I've been watching that. Yeah, I mean, the Simpsons is no longer big. It's just on. It's been on for like fifteen years longer than it needed to be. Yeah. It could have ended. It could have ended at the movie, and that was it. I completely agree. And like, even if it, you know, if you just if you got nothing better to do on a Sunday night and you want to watch a new Simpsons, it's like. It's Why? probably it, no. It's probably gonna have a few funny parts, but it's just it's it won't be essential. Yeah, I mean, all of the people who were like the best writers on the show are no longer with the show. Yeah, so. I mean, you'll you'll probably have a better time watching that than you would like, I don't know, American Dad or something. But yeah, I don't get I don't get why any of those things are still on. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, I don't I don't understand the the Fox Saturday Night stuff. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. Maybe once I'm done with the Simpsons. Or the Fox Sunday Night. I should say Saturday Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I don't get it either. I never got. I, I like. I Bob's Burgers is like kind of funny, but yeah, it's it's, it's like charming. It's like oh, it's cute. Family. It's cute. And they like, have stupid accents. It's yeah, nice. that's just the tone. Like the tonality of that show to, to me is just like oh, they're a family. Yeah, they all have one personality trait, and that's yeah. Oh, that they're cute. Oh, Kristen like, Shaw's voice is loud. Yeah, Eugene Miriam's is just very whoa. Yeah, or whatever. But um, yeah, I I haven't watched a whole lot of new stuff, and there's not much that I can think of that I was into. So I kind of wanted to maybe talk about some other stuff, or like do a reading series. Do you have anything in mind that you want to do? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's about politics. If you want to like get into it, 
I don't, but... Oh, come on. I mean, go ahead. Yeah, so... You can bring it up, it'll all just be snide and annoying. I mean, you could give your actual, like, responses back to us. I can do that, too. I can do that. Yeah, like, we could do a legit reading series. This involves This involves interaction. Yes, I know. My phone... Whatever. ...fucking working. Oh, damn it, it didn't work. Hold on. One second. One second. Uh... I don't know. There's not even any good, like, third-party candidates, because I looked them up last night. Nah, uh, I think the, um... Although, technically, Joe Biden is a third-party candidate, because he is the nominee for the, uh, Independent Party of Oregon or something like that. Mm. Which is pretty cool, you know, double jeopardy. So, this is, um... So, there was this piece that came out about a week ago, um, that, uh... I think a lot of people on the online left were very upset about, because it called them out completely directly. Um, this is an article by the online left's two least favorite human beings, Angela Nagel and Michael Tracy. Um, if you don't know who those are, and if you listen to this, you might not. Uh, Angela Nagel is a writer who wrote this book called Kill All Normies back in like 2016, which was about the uh, rise of the alt-right on the internet and uh, kind of about like the puritanical, um, you know, the, the starting of the puritanical left driving people more to the alt-right. And she was very, like, well-lauded by people, by, like, lefties back then for, like, recognizing the threat of the alt-right. Then a few years later, she writes uh, a very controversial article um, against open borders from a left perspective. There's basically something about that. So she is an anti-open border leftist who makes the very kind of arguments that Bernie used to make on that. She got called a racist, uh, bunch of shit like that, and she kind of got, like, kicked out of, like, leftist circles, and now goes on to, like, Tucker Carlson to, like, basically mock lefties. Can I interrupt you to make a joke? Yeah, sure. Kill All Normies sounds like the prequel to Ready Player One. Anyway. (laughs) And then Michael Tracy is a journalist who I know personally from college. He was a good guy. They Um, smoked ganja together. Smoked a lot of weed together, but, you know, I feel like, the one thing is, like, if I ever, like, went on and talked about, like, my previous, like, friendship with Michael uh, on other podcasts. I always feel like, you know, I don't really want to get into, like, what people were like in college as a way of, like, judging how they are as, like, post-college adults. Because people do change, people do mature, and, like, you know, oh, yeah, we smoke weed together. Like, people still smoke weed together. Who gives a shit? He's still a weed guy, probably. And, you know, we've both grown, and that's fine. People just grow apart, and, and that's totally cool. I think he can be a little bit pompous online, um, but I don't think that his fundamental understanding of writing uh, about politics is off. I think he takes a perspective that is kind of detached. Um, anyway, so basically they wrote this article called First is Tragedy, Then is Farce, The Collapse of the Sanders Campaign, and the, quote, Fusionist Left. Um, and there's a few points. Oh, are you leaving? I'm getting another beer. Oh, okay. So, there's a few points in this article that basically go over the failure of the... Uh, Did you turn on the light, by the way? Oh, yeah, sure. Cool, cool, cool. Um, that go over the failure of Bernie Sanders' campaign. And I don't think we really talked about it much, uh, about, like, Bernie's campaign collapsing, because I think that was when we, like, really took a hiatus from doing this. Um, and, you know, obviously he's out and, you know, endorsed Joe Biden. Um, and a lot of this article kind of calls out a whole lot of stuff about what was going on with both the online left and the actual organizational left uh, that led to the failure of Bernie's campaign. Because the the central premise of their idea is that Bernie was in the best position to win this nomination. Um, that, that, she was, that he was in the best position of any candidate to actually win the nomination and that Joe Biden was not a juggernaut. That Joe Biden was not, uh, you know, he was good, he was well in the polls, but he had no enthusiasm and he had no support from the Democratic Party, or no real support from the Democratic Party, and that there was a large fracture and, uh, you know, between moderate candidates. So, you know, I think some of the points they make here are pretty good. I'm going to try and figure this out best I can. Trust anyone whose, like, internet presence is just like a cartoon drawing of themselves. <laughs> it seems a little sketchy. Oh, you mean like, uh... Well, Michael Tracy's whole thing is just him, like, with his hand on his chin, looking like, I'm an intellectual, baby. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm not gonna. I'm gonna like bounce around and try and. I, I didn't plan it out or like do thumb notes before doing this, which I should have done. But we ad hoc do these podcasts, and that's why we don't have a Patreon. And guys. I also don't know who Angela Nagel is, so I'm just letting you go off. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm gonna try and find some some things here that go into uh, that go into more specifics. Um, all right. So here's a good point. Um, it's ironic that many of the people who most indignantly object to the media's mistreatment of Sanders are themselves influential media personalities. Far more than any other candidate, Sanders was buoyed by a highly powerful online media ecosystem. His supporters dominated Twitter and YouTube, turning out 24-7 campaign apologetics, and also functioning as a get-out-the-vote chorus. Though sometimes provided as burning roast, these social media warriors collectively wielded considerable leverage given their proximity to media elites who use the same platform. You can break in and just say whatever you think. Uh, I mean, I mean, nothing's really been said so far. It's just, hey, people on the internet like Bernie, which is true. Well, no, it's all, it's like the idea that, like, Bernie, um, you know, Bernie was, like, hated by the media, but he had his own, like, group of people who, you know, fought so much for him in media spaces and dominated those spaces. That yeah, it's just not, it's just not like, you know, the news media. Yeah. But, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, another theory here. Unable to reckon with the implications of this power shift, the, uh, the power shift of him going into the mainstream, others in the Sanders sphere have resorted to blaming his feet almost exclusively on Elizabeth Warren, under the theory that her underwhelming run split the progressive vote. There may be some marginal truth to this claim. But often left out of this diagnosis is that another candidate stayed in the race for almost exactly as long, Mike Bloomberg. And it was Bloomberg who spent over $1.2 billion flooding the entire country with slickly produced advertisements on an unprecedented scale, explicitly under the theory that Biden was an intolerably weak candidate and it was up to Mayor Mike, net worth $63 billion. To step in that and was save that was so funny that Bloomberg yeah. spent all that money and then just got like crucified immediately. He got he what a fucking piece of shit that guy. Incredible. Is. I mean the like yeah, Michael Bloomberg was explicitly running as the alternate to Joe Biden. Yeah, I think that's the thing that a lot of people on the, on the left forget is like he was seen as the bigger threat. He was seen as the moderate threat by many people on the left during that time, and it wasn't Joe Biden. And people were scared that. Because of all this advertising that he was putting out, that people would just think the name Bloomberg and then go vote. Yeah, and like the one cool thing that Liz Warren kind of did was just like fucking knifing his face in the, during that one debate. That was rad. Yeah, but like if Bloomberg actually ran in the first four states with that kind of advertising blitz, he could have actually probably won a state. He could have maybe convinced people maybe. in South Carolina. Who knows? Possibly, but we can't. We can't know. That would suck, though. It would suck. Yeah, it's you know. I think we need to thank our lucky stars that an actual, like, oligarch didn't buy an election. Yeah. Like, if, if there's anything that we should be optimistic about, is that Joe Biden, a candidate with almost no money, like, uh, in, like yeah, he's been a politician forever, but individually not very rich, mm-hmm. and also a career politician who no one gave a fuck about, somehow was still able to sweep the floor in South Carolina over, like, even Tom Steyer, another oligarch who tried to buy his way into the election. And came pretty, and came in like a far distant second or third in South Carolina. Yeah. Like that, they spent all this fucking money and got nothing for it. They just wasted billions of dollars. I mean, Tom Steyer, I think, did it knowing full well he wasn't going to get anywhere. He just wanted to do it for fun. Probably him, but Bloomberg actually thought he could. Bloomberg, yeah. I think Bloomberg was delusional enough or surrounded by so many yes men who just said, yeah, you have a good chance. You're popular. You're America's mayor, you know. It's not like mayors for New York have had a very uh, difficult time ever running for president before. Yeah. It's not like there isn't exactly the precedent for this previously with Rudy Giuliani, who I, I, did exactly the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Rudy, I feel like I feel like most people outside of New York just looked at that guy and was like, "Wait, this isn't Giuliani." Yeah, fucking Giuliani tried the exact same thing with way less money in 2008, running as America's mayor for the Republican nomination. And got fucking nowhere with it because no one outside New York gives a shit. And also and being now a mayor just, is, and now he's just completely lost his damn mind. Yeah, and also being a mayor in New York, being the mayor in New York is a poison chalice for any further political shit. 
mostly because you don't actually have that much power. Because everything that you do is also at the women mercy of the, the governor, the governor, and the state assembly. You're just a mayor of a town in in that city. Yeah, a lot even the capital. And like a lot of it is very like symbolic too. Yes, a lot of it, especially is. with with uh, Giuliani. Oh, Giuliani literally the, just was because a you symbolic know, gesture. because that one thing that happened. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he only was popular for that. Otherwise, he'd be, like, the only other thing that any New Yorker associates with Giuliani is making Manhattan into a billboard. Yeah. That's fucking it. That's all that, that's all that he's famous for. And, and then also just, like, losing his mind, becoming, like, a maga Yeah, and being a drag queen for Donald Trump that one time, which is one of the best. Well, the, oh, did you ever see the video where Donald Trump gives... Rudy Giuliani in drag a motorboat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. <laughs> that shit rocks. Goddamn. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I think for real. I think for real, real. Like Trump got horny. Like Donald Trump oh my God, got sure. horny while doing. It. Dude, those because guys. Those guys are straight up best friends. They're very close friends. I love and, and also, like, I think Donald Trump's sexuality is like kind of fluid in a way where like. I think he just likes all the things. I think, like, if you were to give Donald Trump a hard dick and huge titties, he'd be like, best of both worlds. I, that's a nice dick. That's a nice dick. Like, he would ride the dick while, like, sucking them, sucking those titties and then, like, I don't, to, like, I don't know. fuck the tits I don't, while he's getting I don't think he'd ass. even, like, actually do anything sexual. He'd just, like, admire them and be like, these are wonderful. I don't know. I think he gets horny. I don't know if he gets horny anymore. He's kind of old. I, I mean, like, I know he's probably, like, horny. I just don't think he's, like, particularly actually very sexual. I don't know. Do you think... Like, what kind of sexuality does he have? Like, do you think he's, like... I think of, he is a... Uh, I, I, think he's la- I think he's definitely sexually lazy. Yeah. I think he's, like, a, a come-and-done kind of guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't like, doing it that long. I mean, he's a Gemini, so I... I'm not really sure what the sexual energy of a Gemini is. They either like seem to be like freaks or like. I think he's he's pansexual, yeah. but in a way where he's not actually attracted to anybody. He's a pansexual almost. Yeah, yeah. It was like attracted to the idea of everything, and he just gets like horny and then jacks off, and then just can't actually like go perform it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that idea. I like that too. I think, I think that's pretty accurate. I think that's his sexuality. Nailed it. Yeah, we 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 understand Donald Trump now. We do. Yeah. Every, everything about him. Absolutely. Giuliani's a little more complicated. Giuliani likes doing drag, but it's not like a sexual thing for him. I think, like, I think Giuliani wishes he could be as subversive as a drag queen. Yeah. But, like, he's, because he's, like, socially conservative. Back when they were subversive. You know? Yeah, exactly. Now they're too, now they're too fucking mainstream. Thanks, RuPaul. Thanks, but, um, douchebag. Thank you. Go thanks. frack some more. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Thanks for retweeting me. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I think, like, I, I think, like, he wishes he could be subversive, but because he's conservative, he can't actually be subversive, because being uh, being conservative means you can't be subversive. Like, you think you can, you think you're Paul Joseph Watson, like, you're Paul, well, you, you can be Paul Joseph Watson and think that, like, yeah. being conservative is counterculture, but it by definition can't be, because conservative values mean that you want to uphold the, re- the way things are. So you can't actually be countercultural. Because the culture yeah. vindicates you. You can be like, I, I don't know. You can know. hate liberal cult. You can hate like the liberal media and like liberal Hollywood. Like, obviously. Well, I'm saying, if, like, you're not being subversive to like, you know, the domineering culture, but like, if you're like, let's say, like a black conservative, mm-hmm. that, I don't know, you're doing something there. I so disagree with that. I really do. Okay, let's talk. Like, look, if you're a black conservative, you're not, you're not unique for. For being that, there's a lot of black conservative people. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of black conservative people who are Democrats, just because the Democratic Party has more interest in advancing uh, African-American interests. But a lot of people within the Democratic Party who are black are conservative socially mm-hmm. and aren't on board with like LGBTQ rights necessarily, nor are they like on board with feminism or on board with abortion. But, like, you know, there's still... like The, the, the difference is, like, I think there is like an understanding that political parties can be utilized to help you, and when one party is just not even appealing to those interests at all, like the Republican Party, uh, even though they might appeal to like your cultural interests, they don't appeal to your material interests, and you just drop off trying to fucking help them. But I think with some black people like uh, Candace Owens or C.J. Johnson or whatever his name is, like maybe they got enough money uh, that you know 
it does appeal to their, to their material interests. I think in Candace Owens' case specifically, she found that there was more money to be in being a conservative than there was to be like a resistor type. Because like her first grip was basically doing the Peter Dow Varick website, but like uh, as a startup. Like, that's what she tried to do. She got called out for it, disappeared for six months, came back as the Black Red Hill. I, you know, the, I respect that as a move. Yeah. She found that there was a way, like, she's just a lady who wanted to make money in politics because it's very easy to do it if you're willing to, like, if you're willing to get death threats and willing to get, like, awful messages sent to you and not have a personal life, like, it's totally worth it. Like, do you think, like, she actually believes most of the things she says? I don't, I don't know who she is. I'm not as online as Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she believes most of the things she says. I mean, okay. come on. She was like, yeah, I got to go to the fucking Kanye show. That's my, that was That's probably her dream forever. Wicked. Yeah, she know? got to, she got to hang out with Kanye West. Like, gripped over. You don't have to keep doing this shit. Like, well, no, you did it. That's you the met thing. your idol. That's lady. the thing, though, is if you're a grifter, you know, you're, you're still following the same model as your old West counterparts. Mm-hmm. You're doing one thing in the town, you get some money, you go to the next town over, you do the same thing. If that doesn't work, you try something else. But those are the two moves. You either got to go somewhere new or change it up. So if it's working and she is where she is, boom, she's going to keep doing that. And the day it doesn't work, she's going to get the fuck off Twitter and then, I don't know, go start selling magazine subscriptions that, you know, I people don't really do that anymore. Never mind. Yeah. I can't... I, I don't know what a modern day equivalent of that is. Being a grifter? Well, it's what you're doing. Quibi. That's what it is. Oh. It's Quibi. I guess. Yeah, something, just some shit like that. Starting some, like, bullshit startup that fails immediately, but somehow you've still made enough money that you're going to be just fine. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even be mad at it. Like, as a lifestyle, there's, it's sort of nomadic, and I respect it, even in the digital age, you know? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, a few other things from the article, um, a few other major points. Uh, just this whole thing about Sanders and the establishment. Basically, they say that, like, for an anti-establishment revolutionary candidate, he sure was comfy with the establishment Democrats, and I think there's very valid points there. Um, talking a bit about Biden, um, I think one of the good points they make here is, um, until the final hour, Joe Biden had approximately zero enthusiastic advocates in the online media. It was hard to imagine what an organic online Biden enthusiast would sound, what he was sounding. The popular pro-Bernie podcast Chapel Trap House joked rightfully that there wasn't even a way of bullying his supporters because they were nowhere to be found online. I think that's a great point. I think that's something that we all need to take. Oh, hold on. What? No, no, go on. I'm oh. just looking for something. Okay. I think there's a po- I think that's a great point that we all need to take is like, yeah, a lot of us live our lives online, on Twitter, on Reddit, and think, like, that's the world and that's the country. But the people who love Biden are not using those websites or are not even really online because they're older and they don't give a shit about internet culture. Like, they're not going to be there. Like, you know, I I saw Brianna Joy Gray post something. That's Bernie's old um, press secretary. About how this is burner account. Yeah, <laughs> where um uh she was saying some shit about if only we had Bernie's posting power to help Biden or something along those lines. I'm like, yeah, because Biden voters are online. Like they're not. They don't give a shit. Like posting isn't politics. So you're saying what what would an enthusiastic Biden post look like? Yeah, it would look like this. Let's see it. Biden is a badass. The president is a hopped-up-on-drugs, bloated cream puff with dainty baby hands dangling from his withered T-Rex arms, teetering on three-inch lifts in his shoes and a girdle that makes him pitch forward like he's about to face plant. But whatever you say, Brit... To Brit Hume? To Brit Hume. What is Brit Hume? Okay, I was in Brit Hume's post. This might help explain why Trump doesn't... Yeah, it's, it's just a picture of Biden wearing a mask. And then yeah, that looks fine. And then I mean, it sucks. But then like, the the greatest poster on the internet, Jeff Tiedrick, who I'm sure people yeah. know. Who is Jeff Tiedrick? Je- Jeff Tiedrick is a guy who got like kind of famous because for being like a Trump reply guy. Oh God! Just being like Mr. President, Cheeto, baby, bitch, and just like President, fuck nugget, stupid, and just just like the most sniveling bullshit. But he does it for every single thing. An epic. And it, it's and he looks apparently he's in an Eric Clapton cover band because he looks exactly like Eric Clapton, and the dude fucking rocks honestly. Like Biden sucks shit, but this guy is the real deal. This guy, that guy, that's the thing that makes me like feel like maybe Biden will actually win 
because the amount of like hatred that yeah. liberals have for Trump yeah. is so fucking motivating. And like the idea of people wanting to return to normal is so much more powerful than anything you can say about like canceling student debt. Like I'm sorry, like it is, but that's just that's yeah, depressing. I but that's but people don't think like specifically in policies, that's not what gets them out to vote. Usually people get out to vote because something feels off or because they want something to feel better. And in this case, people will want to vote for Biden, not because they think about any specific policy of his, but because he represents normalcy. And that's going to be enough for him to win. The models are predicting him to win in a landslide right now, and these are multiple models. These aren't, like, all biased models. These are based on actual... He's not even, like, really campaigning at all, because he doesn't have to. He's just an Obama guy. He's literally just Obama's VP... And everything that Trump has done has been a direct reputation of Obama, and that's enough to piss off liberals to go out and vote. Mm-hmm. Like, will it get the young going out? No, but they didn't fucking get Bernie elected either. They didn't. I'm sorry. Like, they don't give a shit about you, and they don't have to appeal to you. Like, because you don't vote in the first place, so they don't give a fuck. You already proved that. Like, people went out and voted. The people who actually went out and voted for Bernie, like myself or like a few other people, were passionate about politics and went out. It might drop out of the political process. I totally get it. You don't have to vote for Biden. No one's asking you to. You don't, I mean, my, Biden might be, maybe your parents or libs might be, or some other people. I'm certainly not going to. If you don't want to vote for Biden, don't vote for him. Vote third party, vote Trump, vote, uh, don't vote at all. It doesn't, like, your individual vote doesn't fucking matter that much. Do, do like the most Gen X thing and just write in like Henry Rollins or something. Yeah, write in Henry Rollins, write in uh fucking uh Dar oh fuck uh who? Uh the uh Jello Biafra. Jello Biafra. Yeah, write in that guy Wes Claypool, any yeah, of those guys. Write in those guys and just be like, Yeah, I fucking voted for Jello Biafra. Subversive. Yeah, just do that. Vote for Gigi Allen, he's dead, he gives a shit. Yeah, he'd be a kick ass president. Yeah, he'd be he'd be the second president to eat shit after Trump. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um it's one of the things I you know, I think they go into, um, let's see, anything really good? Basically that the voters switch from Bernie to other people or like Biden this time around. Um, I think there was a, I think there was a good quote in here kind of about that. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, kind of about him going into, you know, resistance stuff, you know. Talking about Russia Gate and all that shit kind of possibly hurt him, and that might be that might be true. Yeah, the, the whole Russia shit. I can't believe yeah. people are still even talking. Yeah, like about the that. idea that like I think it is true that like the way that Bernie would advertise himself as not a uh, registered Democrat or just being an independent, like his rhetoric was already very Democrat. He already basically was one. He caucuses with Democrats. He doesn't like vote Republican on anything. He just will like vote no on certain things. That's like the difference. This is a career politician, after all, guys. He wasn't a fucking revolutionary. He was a career politician with the best platform and the best chance of making a better country. And it didn't work out. So we're, you know, gonna get, uh, we're gonna get a country that's gonna be worse, but not to the fault of politics, but mostly to the fault of, like, the pandemic that will, like, make everything more consolidated into lesser, uh, hands of owner, fewer hands of ownership rather than, like, you know, have independent businesses, but, that's a whole other thing outside of politics, but it was kind of related to uh, ooh. Man, these I, these all the IPAs are fucking good. They're alright. I mean they're the like I got them, I gotta be in the mood for yeah. them. They're a little too hoppy for me. The whole point of them is to just pound them. Just pound them down. But they're all day. You're supposed yeah. to take your time. Yeah, but you can pound them and then you feel alright. Well that's pretty low alcohol. That's why beer is packaged the way it is, because yeah. that one beer should last you the entire day. Yeah. Oh, this is kind of the crux of what I wanted to get into with so with this article, which is what I think like is the real stuff that actually cuts home uh, for a lot of uh, uh, lefties online. At issue here is not simply another chapter in the interminable uh, debate between warring progressive factions about the importance of identity versus class, though this conflict has continued after Bernie dropped out. The liberal faction claims Bernie's defeat as evidence of the failure of Marxist class politics, while writers at movement organs like Jacobin Magazine, I could tell you hate this so much, uh, retort that the left's visions of class war were such a threat that the triumph was inevitably thwarted by the elite corporate democratic establishment. 
Both of these are based on the delusional premise that the left in 2020 was a tribune of the material interests of the American working class. Owned. Fucking owned. They are right. I'm sorry, they're fucking right. They're absolutely right on that. Michael Jordan is right. Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen were fucking right about this And article. Michael Jordan and Angela Lansbury, 100% correct. Yeah, they were right. Bugs Bunny, goddamn owned your ass. You don't understand the interests of the working class because most of the people who are for this type of politics are probably in my position, if I'm being honest. Most of them are like college graduates. You know how privileged it is to be a college graduate, even though most more people are than not? It's privilege. You got into college. You're already like at an elite level compared to people who don't go to college. You probably have an okay job, or if you don't yet, you will. You probably will. Maybe not in this economy. But yeah, they're right. You don't really understand. I'm sorry. You don't understand the interest. You gotta understand that some of the things that you say are alienating to working class people because it's not the same fucking interests. Like, owned. Bugs Bunny? Cover up this article. Sylvester the Cat? Also co-wrote this article. It wasn't just Angela Nagel. It wasn't just Michael Tracy. It was also Michael Jordan. It was also Angela Lansbury. You know, be cute. It's, it's like, also Barry. It's like a Space Jam style movie, but starring Bernie Sanders, just surrounded by little cartoon animals. Oh, like the Bernie Sanders thing. Yeah, that'd be cute. That would be cute. He's a cute old man. Yeah, I guess. I guess the last thing. Uh, also, the one serious thing I have on that is yeah. that, like, a lot of times that I think people don't get is that. A shitload of working class people, especially in America, are just fucking conservative. Yeah, well, so, they're socially so, conservative. They actually make the point of the article. You got to it. Yeah. Yeah. They're socially conservative. They're economically liberal. They might be for socialist politics, but they're not going to, like, like understand you, marginalized spaces. No, they don't if, give a if shit you've about ever that. been to just, like, a bar in, like, rural ass Maine, like, you get this in, like, 10 seconds. Yeah. They'll, 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 a lot of the time they'll vote Republican, but, like, yeah. that's because the Republicans uh, appeal to their cultural interests. And that's some of the cultural things that... And, like, the, and, the, whole, and the whole tax thing. Yeah, you know, that, that too. too. Yeah, but, like, the thing that, like, cultural... That, like, you know, people may not understand is that they, you don't have a lot in common with working-class people. So trying to form praxis among a group of people who are unlike you in every way, who don't believe in the idea of, like, calling out people or, like, marginalization or, like, really understand what, like, let's be real, transgenderism or yeah. even, like... Uh, you know, what gay people are like, yeah, there's just, that's not like, it's like your politics yeah. are actually, like the thing is like, okay, I'm not going to talk about the article anymore. I'm just going to get into my own prediction here or something I kind of say. I think a lot of the people who like the Bernie Sanders movement now or who were part of it, but were not like working at Starbucks or like no longer working there, working in, you know, the information sector uh, and get like comfortable jobs that they may not like and they may still want, you know, some form of socialism. What they may understand, what a lot of these people won't understand, and, and this isn't everything, obviously, but what a lot of them will understand is that the Democratic Party, as it will exist under Joe Biden, is still going to represent most of their interests. Like, a Joe Biden presidency is going to probably bring along some kind of student debt relief. Probably, they probably will pass uh, mandatory sick leave at almost every employer, just because that's the one thing that, if there's any actual change through the pandemic, we literally cannot afford to not have sick days as an entire culture because we live in a fucking pandemic. We're going to have to have mandatory sick leave that will be paid. Right. You know, Republicans will be against it, but guess what? It's either that or we have another outbreak and we destroy the economy. That's it. Yep. Spires has a fucking gun in our hands. You got to do it. Yep. We, we live in a damn society. We live in a goddamn society. Yep. But uh, uh, my thing is that, you know, you're going to find that maybe the material interests that you have aren't so much material, but they are cultural. And the older you get, you may have more cultural interests in, I don't know, uh, a political party that will, uh, you know, stand up for your right to be queer in some capacity, um, but won't guarantee you uh, health insurance, but you'll still have employer-based health insurance. Your employer-based health insurance might be good, and you'll be okay with it, and you'll, like, stick with it. Because that's just, you know, in some capacity, I think a lot of people are either going to drop out of politics entirely from this, or, um, you know, are going to just become regular-ass Democrats. I don't think they're going to turn into Republicans, though. I just think more people will check out. Yeah. And, it's, and it sucks that, like, he lost. Uh, 
But I think, like, a lot of the people on the online left are going to have to, like, just understand that, uh, you know, they lost. We did lose. Sometimes people lose. It's you Sometimes know. people lose. And it, it's a huge loss because there's no one else in the movement who will, who will be burning. AOC won't be burning. AOC will be more moderate by the time she runs for president. She will. Hey, you get knocked down, you get back up again. And you never... Yeah, you have your one-hit wonder. They, they also have 22 albums on their lives. They had a second hit, thank you. Okay. Do you suffer from short-term memory loss? Do you remember that one? Obviously I don't, because I have short-term memory loss. Well, that was, I remember that being on the radio a lot. <laughs> so, uh, Dylan, anything to add to that? To the whole Bernie thing? Yeah. I don't know. I think there's always going to be somebody who's, you know, someone who comes along with some good ideas and... You know. Yeah, it's not going to be Liz. It never was Liz Warren. No. I think I think the most laughable thing about Liz Warren was this idea that like she was she was exactly the person that all of the Democratic operatives thought that people would like, but just was so personally off-putting. Yeah. That like it didn't stick, and she was off-putting because she lied about being fucking native. Yeah. Because she just had a very annoying like pro-like voice. Like, I'm sorry, just things like that happen. Like, people, like... Her, her whole, like, second-grade teacher vibe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm sorry, people don't always, like... Big structural Bailey. Yeah, you know? it was very cringe. It was a very cringe campaign. Yeah. And she made the most mistakes. Like, Bernie, yeah. The other thing I guess I want to leave with is, like, yeah, Bernie's campaign made mistakes, but there was also, like, the biggest mistake that they really made was, like, they couldn't really work in South Carolina. And because Joe won so big in South Carolina, everyone else coalesced around him, and then it became inevitable that Joe would be the nominee at that point. Because Democrats don't get the nomination without winning South Carolina. It's not happened. It doesn't happen. Damn. So that's just the way it is. And he couldn't win South Carolina. And he was kind of weak in the first three states, except for Nevada, where he blew everyone out. But I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that should be right. I think all the states should be equally important. Yeah, unfortunately, these primaries are kind of designed in a way so that there's uh, an entire industry of people who just talk about the fucking primaries every four years, and there's, like, people with their stupid maps on CNN. Yeah, you, you know what? Um, I will say this. This is, like, kind of related. I see a lot of people, like, yelling about the Electoral College because they're like, well, why should, you know, Wyoming have the same vote as California or whatever? I don't know how any of this shit works. I, I don't know anything about politics, but, like, you know. If you literally wanted just the centers of power to just be like, you know, the most populated areas, then, you know, everything every Republican has ever said about like, oh, the coastal elites running the country is fucking true. And they know damn well that it's going to be worse for them. So like, they kind of got a point. That like, if they don't have an electoral college or everything, will just be run by cities? Yeah, pretty much. And like, I feel like that would just be detrimental to everywhere else. Uh, potentially. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we'll see what happens to cities after the pandemic, and I don't know how much of a, max, a mass exodus will be permanent from the cities, but, you know, uh, the people who could afford to leave did. True. We couldn't, I mean, Philly didn't get New York hit, but, like, we obviously had nowhere else to go, and, you know, we will be reopening in about two weeks, but, like, it's a, it's a partial reopening, like, it's a, it's a, it's code yellow rather than code red, which is, like, yeah, you don't have a stay-at-home order, but, like, you still can't have crowds, you still can't go in restaurants, you still can't go to bars, you can't go to, you know, movie theaters. Like, anything where you have a high chance of being infected, you can't go there. Yeah. And crowds. You just avoid crowds, and, you know, you see your friends. I mean, you, you find, no one's stopping you. No one's really stopping you from, like, seeing people, uh, and, you know, don't let people shame you. Like, Shaming people for breaking quarantine is just an awful, awful thing to do to someone's mental health. Yeah. And there's more to health than just, like, this idea that I'm going to get COVID and die, which, for the most part, you won't. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine even if you do catch it. You might give it to someone, and you have to, like, make, uh, you know, you have to understand your own health and the health of people around you and make educated uh, and moral decisions based on that. Uh, you know, in my case, I'm not putting anyone else at risk. Yeah. Uh, because there's no one for me to put at risk other than Dylan. Yeah, and I don't care. Yeah, so that's, that's literally it. It's just the two of us. We've we formed our own space. We have an advantage, podcast-wise, because we don't have to do Zoom or anything. Yeah, exactly. We live together. We live so. together, because we are a couple who will probably get married soon. Yeah. Like, I like I don't know when we can actually do it, like, in terms of when licensing will be open, but 
We'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah, just in case, like, one of us catches it in the second wave and I die. The reception will be catered by Applebee's. Yeah, we'll get... Uh, can we do Olive Garden? Uh, yes, but I would also like some some of the things they have at Applebee's. We could do a joint Applebee's. Catered by Yum Brands in general. How about that? Who else does Yum Brands have? Taco Bell. Yes. Long John Silver's. I believe KFC. Pizza Hut as Pizza well, Hut. Yeah. Basically every restaurant you see combined with a Taco Bell. Oh, my God. So, Yum Brands, if you're listening. Please sponsor our Please. Wedding. Please sponsor our podcast. Yeah, pl- yeah, we yeah. would do, we would do a young, you know, I would, I, I don't think anyone actually would want to like sponsor us, but if we did get sponsorship, we would take breaks and do read copies. I'd love that. I would love that I'd too. I have so much fun with that. But it has to be products that we, that we officially like. Yeah, if you like Can't make it. Bullshit. Yeah, we, we own a competitor to the Casper mattress, so no, that's a no for me. Yeah. None, none of that. Um, whoever makes sweet baby rays, I'd do that. Um, I gotta say, I, uh, also bought Koopy Mayo for the first time, which is the Japanese mayonnaise, and, uh, sorry to say it, Hellman's is still better. <laughs> like, owned. Owned. Yeah. Like, it's a little, it's sour, and it's, like, cute, and the squeeze bottle's cute, but, like, it's not that fucking good. It's, I think it's too sour. It's I, a little sour. Yeah, it, yeah. T- it tastes like it's, like, expired, or, like, I shouldn't be eating it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit, it's a, like, after it was refrigerated, it tasted better, but still. It was a little bit, it was a little bit whack. It says it expires in, in, in December. So I know, I'm it. sure it's fine, it's just like, yeah, it's a little something, something's weird about it. It's like nearly the same ingredients, but I think it's the eggs. I, I think it's gotta be the egg quality versus what Hellman's uses. Yeah. I mean, obviously Sir Kensington's is the best mayonnaise of all of them, but like, that's because it uses sunflower oil, which if you're gonna make mayonnaise, is fucking perfect. If you could buy sunflower oil and make your own mayonnaise, do it. Just fucking do it. If you don't like mayonnaise, you suck. I'm sorry, you're, you suck. I get that it's oily. I, if you like, yeah, I get the oily part. The, tec- the texture. People don't like the texture. Yeah, but it's flavorful. It tastes so good. Like, if you don't like oil, like, I get it. But, like, also, like, you kind of, like, open your mind, dude. And who doesn't like mayonnaise? Who? My mommy, so shut your mouth. Oh, she doesn't like mayonnaise? They have vegan mayonnaise. Yeah, but she she's never liked mayonnaise ever. She doesn't and, even like vegan mayonnaise. No, well, any vegan mayonnaise is fucking good. Anything that would like require mayonnaise, she would replace with ranch. Oh, I mean, ranch is good. Only uh, I, did, I I didn't like mayonnaise until I was an adult. So I don't know. I guess we're kind of done with yeah. this one. Alrighty. Yeah, uh, that's pretty much it. You guys have a good uh, time. Happy Memorial Day. Happy Memorial Day for all the dead folks. All right, peace. Exactly. Bye. Bye.